Welcome to episode four of Bryce and Ren and Corey in the house. I am Bryce Henderson. I'm one of the co-hosts of this podcast. Today we'll be discussing season one, episode four, We Built This Kitty on Rock and Roll. And here with me to discuss this groundbreaking episode of television is my co-host, Renan Fontes. Renan, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing all right, Bryce. It's been a week since I got married, and I got to celebrate the occasion by watching We Built This Kitty on Rock and Roll. <laughs> yeah, there's no better way to celebrate uh, America, to celebrate your your marriage, to celebrate Joe Biden uh, winning the... the That's season, right. That's right. Than celebrating America with its most authentic form of entertainment, season four one episode four of Corey in the house we built this kitty on rock and roll would you say they crushed it i you know what it's funny you ask that because i don't really know how to tell when someone is crushing it or not so uh that's that's where i'm at well i sure hated it this was a terrible episode ren from start to finish i felt like it threw everything that we've seen out the window these characters could have been anyone this storyline could have been in any show and it was atrocious. Did you also feel that the first half was excruciatingly slow? I did. And it's funny you say that because I also felt that the second half was excruciatingly slow. I was dying for that scene, that, that really early scene establishing it's right after the cold. Oh, we'll go in order. We'll go in order. Yeah. To end, though, you wanted, you wanted it nothing more than to end. So this episode, also, so it starts, uh, starts off with Corey, Mina, and Newt jamming out at Newt's place and singing, and that's actually how we're gonna spend a lot of this episode is watching people sing terrible songs that waste our time and suck my soul. And they are terrible songs, but at least that first song was terrible in the Disney Channel, you're already expecting it to be terrible kind of way. Exactly. Like, that opening song, so Turn It Up, I I didn't write anything more uh, about the (laughs) lyrics, but it was called... (laughs) You loved it so much. Um, That opening song did feel like it could have been like it was ready for the Corey in the House album. Yeah. It was so generic. It was so blah, but had that kind of like poppy sound to it. And I question if the, if, if Corey, Newt, and Mina or their actors were actually the ones performing this song or if they were just lip syncing and this was someone behind the scenes. It is, it's definitely not them. The, yeah. Newton Corey's backup vocals, that's clearly a woman singing. Exactly. It's clearly, it's yeah. clearly one woman, not two young men. There's a, a third, uh, a fourth party that is nowhere to be seen. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was not a good song. 
And that's just how we, oh, Lily, I'm so sorry, everyone. Lily is, is behind me and whining if you can hear her, but she's getting comfy now. Uh, anyways, so. Uh, Bryce, who's Lily? Where, where's Lily? Who's Lily? Who is? Oh, Lily is my dog. If... <laughs> just what I'm There's nothing about her but that. She showed up and now she's here. Yeah. <laughs> Give the audience some context. <laughs> Into who? Well, because you're right. It could have been could have been anyone whining behind me. Uh, named Lily. You're right because Lily is one of those tricky names that is uh, is a human name as well. And now she's going downstairs. She is done being the center of this conversation. Uh, so any anyway, uh, we were in the middle of discussing. We just got done talking about turn it up, and they wrap it up. Corey says, we crushed it. Mina uh, wants to know how they crushed it. She's like, I don't really know how we know that. But Newt has a barometer for this, doesn't he? Oh, it's the laziest joke in the world. Yeah. <laughs> he walks over to the door and opens it. We hear his, uh, his mom yelling like, uh, you crazy kids, you turn off that volume, it's so loud. And he shuts yeah. the door and he's like, guess we crushed it. It's that uh, it's the same problem that Corey in the house exhibits time and time again, where yeah, the joke is the laziest, flattest thing you can think of. It's it's like okay, well, so I would I at least give them a pass when they're getting from point A to point B in a scene. And so they know what they want to do with it. And they're like, oh, we still need a few funny things to happen. So let's throw this in along the way. But in this case, so that happens. And then Corey says, looks into the camera and says, thank you, screams, thank you, Washington, D.C. And then they all jump and there's a freeze frame. The first. The first of, uh, is it three freeze frames that we get in this god-awful episode? Yeah, Rule of threes. Yeah, so uh, by the first time, it's funny, but by the third time, it's going to be hilarious, right? No. <laughs> That's not how, not how it plays in this. Uh, can we talk about how empty this cold open is? Incredibly empty. It establishes it, nothing. It's half a minute of them playing their music, them discussing the, the philosophical concept of crushing it, <laughs> and then... A freeze frame to the actual episode without establishing any of the Sophie stuff that's actually going to dominate the whole episode. No, it, all it does is it just reminds us what we already know in that Corey, Mina, and Newt are into music and they play music together. That's all that this cold open works to establish. And the scene was absolutely useless. So, uh, so we then go to our intro. Uh, I felt... Ren, uh, since there was no prominent supporting character in this episode, uh, I felt that we could take a look into Lisa Arch, who plays Samantha Samuels. Good pick. I think the right pick. Yes, because she she is uh, the B-plot in this episode. and it's uh, Yeah, ostensibly. Um, and I also feel it's important to note, as we go through the scenes, that unlike the first three episodes, our B-plot doesn't have scenes of its own. This, no. no. So in this episode, uh, all of the B-plot and A-plot scenes are interwoven. 
that might explain why the pacing feels so off actually yep that's that's something that i picked up on is we don't we normally get like a little breather from Corey's shenanigans yeah like the victor and newt stuff saved last week's episode it did but this week there was nothing to save it it was just a sinking ship and the b plot that was with it was like uh, a 50 pound weight that was tied to the sinking ship so it was going down anyway yeah uh, so Lisa Arch, you want to know a little bit about her? Yeah, drop some gospel. So she plays Cassie on Curb Your Enthusiasm, and that is, uh, oh. Cass- yeah, you might be wondering, like I was, oh, who is Cassie? <laughs> Cassie is Cousin Larry's wife. So uh, if you're familiar with Curb Your Enthusiasm, this, uh, she plays the woman who uh, Larry does not like her water, I believe. Uh, he's like this is bad water so that's that's who she is the prominent role of cassie um and then in in that episode larry then needs to go back and forth or larry is, is seen as someone who can speak the truth and get away with it so people are hiring him to do so so uh, cassie's a recurring character in Your enthusiasm in fact so recurring that on lisa arch's twitter uh this is her little uh, about her she says lisa arch cassie on career enthusiasm host of many canceled shows actor for hire mom wife not flawless but happy so a lot a lot to kind of unpack there <laughs> the full package i'd say yeah so she's actively maybe she doesn't have an agent and she just uses her twitter to say like hey you can hire me uh I, w- I gotta wonder how much, like, what her going rate is, since she just... Maybe we can afford her as another co-host? Yeah. <laughs> so this week, I did tweet at Kyle Massey to say, hey, uh, to make him aware that our podcast exists, and obviously I gained zero traction, but I want to just, you know, plant those seeds. But with her, maybe it's possible it's, we just need to pay a fee, and you she'll show up. much? I can't imagine. I mean, again, her, her Twitter profile boasts about her quote-unquote recurring role on Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is five episodes across uh, like eight seasons. Jeez. So, <laughs> uh, she's not also, also, she's not flawless, <laughs> but happy. Are those two things mutually exclusive? I want to know what, fla- what not flawless means here. Does she mean like she sometimes sings a bit too loud in public, mm-hmm. or is she a little bit racist? Exactly. Is it is it more of a moral flaw, or is it just like natural human quirks? Uh, and she does says, but happy. Bryce, so Bryce, well. her Twitter handle is at flawless mom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but she's not flawless. No, she's not flawless she's in the least bit. Her handle should yeah, be happy isn't. mom. <laughs> or flaw, uh, not flawless, but happy, I guess. Uh, but happy mom. She, she is a conundrum of a human being. A lot of her tweets are political. And so I, I kind of didn't really dig many of what those. Up, but I, I did find one that I felt was worth highlighting. Oh, okay. Uh, and it, it's brushing your teeth before coffee makes it taste like peppermint coffee which makes it feel like the holidays, which means it's like a time machine. So you don't have to deal with today. Peppermint schnapps will do the same thing. Know what? Forget the coffee. Good night. So. Ah. Yeah. 
she she kind of threw a little ad for peppermint schnapps out there in, in the open for you think that was paid or unpaid oh definitely unpaid or i don't know maybe then again <laughs> is she, she, she for... trying to get traction to get paid yeah <laughs> she's for hire <laughs> so maybe this is it could have been this was peppermint schnapps saying hey here you go uh we hired you to do this ad on your twitter um <laughs> I was also curious about in her bio when she said host of many canceled shows. Wanted to know what that meant. Uh, so she was a host in a show, a game show called Labor Games. Is that? Uh, I want to guess. I want to guess what the yeah. show. What do you, What do you think Labor Games is? Uh, a a game show designed for and by pregnant women about to go into labor. So pretty close, actually. It's yes. This, so while women are uh, giving labors, they're in the delivery room. This game show pops up around them, and while giving birth, they have to answer questions, win prizes, and money. And the show ends when they give birth. So there's huh? that. The labor game. I I can see why it was canceled. Yeah, I, I can't imagine being too happy if. A uh, flawless mom pops up out of nowhere. Uh, bird calls in, at me in a delivery room, shouting <laughs> "Bird calls at us." Um, let's see. So she also uh, this one's pretty straightforward. She hosted two two shows that are worth highlighting together. One called "Messiest Home" and one called "Clean House." Hmm. Couldn't find anything further on either of them, but both ran for about eighteen episodes. I imagine messiest home uh, looks at some messy homes and clean house looks at some clean ones. I'm surprised they both ran for 18 episodes each. I was assuming these are all canceled at the pilot. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last one that I want you to guess what it is. And uh, this show is just called, remember, she's a host. So it's called right. What I Hate About Me. It's a show where the contestants have to face their deepest insecurities. Again, you're not, not too far off. Maybe you've seen this one, Ren. It's, so let me read to you. Uh, I watched the trailer okay. for it. Very good trailer. Would highly recommend. This is how, how it goes. It shows uh, three different women. The first woman says, I hate that I can't have sex with the lights on. Uh, the second woman says, I hate that my butt looks fat in jeans. And the third one says, I hate that I can't walk in heels. Uh, and so then uh, Lisa, Arch, Lisa Arch and her team are here to help. So don't worry. Lisa Arch did take on a show called What I Hate About Me, where she not only hosted, but she gave advice to women on how to solve uh, what she refers to as their hangups. Mm-hmm. So, kind of like a, a deal breaker from Thirty Rock. Yeah, from, it's just like show. that. She she is the deal breaker lady. So she she helps them through their hangups, and she's like, "Oh, that's a deal breaker," or you know, helps them know what to look out for and what they maybe need to change, so that way they don't hate that about themselves anymore. Your man's making bird calls on live television. That's a deal breaker. Oh yeah, it's so. These are all things that uh, Lisa Arch left her pretty consistent role 
uh, and Corey in the house to do. I actually don't, I don't quote me on that. I, I don't know for sure if she left or if the show said, eh, we don't need you anymore. I, I don't know where that disconnect happened. I mean, considering the the writing we've seen, it's entirely possible that the writers just forget she exists at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ren, I'm so sorry. I am getting live information as uh, we're having this, this discussion. I guess that I undersold Clean House and it has uh, more than 18 episodes. And by that, I mean 10 seasons. But I don't, seasons? I don't believe that she was the host the entire time because IMDb only listed her for about one season of it. So, oh, so here's what it is. <laughs> Nicey Nash is the main host of that show. Nisi Nash. Ni- okay. Nisi Nash. Nisi, Nisi Nash was the main host, and then Lisa Arch was the backup host for it. It's like an understudy. So she's the understudy, uh, ready to help with, with Clean House. So this is, this is all a little bit about Lisa Arch, the dramatic actress behind fan favorite Samantha Samuels. Are you happy we did this, Ren? I am happy we did this. I think this offers some very important context into her Mm -hmm. acting history because this is, I'm hoping, the most acting she'll be doing on Corey in the House. (laughs) Me too. It feels like like they gave her... One too many lines in this episode, and she took the ball and ran with it, like completely bolted to the other side of the field. Except everyone else was playing soccer. It's it's oh, like being in a high school show, and you get cast, and you only have five lines, mm. but your director says there's no small parts, so you really eat into every line mm-hmm. until you just massacre it. <laughs> yeah. So it's something I'm hoping. I can uncover. I did. I spent some time today trying to find out the details. I really need to know why she was never part of the principal cast and why she, we're going to see her get dropped all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. Because she's only in, I believe, 10 episodes of Courting the House. It's something like that. Yeah. So I'm really hoping I can dig deeper and find out what happened there. Why is it that she's no longer here? Yeah. I don't know if. I mean, we do know her Twitter, so maybe we can reach out and see if she's willing to do a, a tell-all on her time with Corey. Um, okay, so enough of that. We unfortunately have the whole rest of the episode to talk and about. What an what a long episode it is. Ugh. Um. All right. So last we saw the gang, they were frozen in time, jumping in the air. Go to the credits. We come back. Corey and Victor are in the kitchen at the White House. Corey hears a bird call, as does Victor. Victor's like, oh, did you hear a bird? Corey says, that bird is fresh, referring to the chicken that is being cut up on the counter. Uh, good joke? What do you think? Good? Bad? <laughs> <laughs> Waste of my time, Corey. Especially because the sh- like even the show doesn't give it time to breathe. He says it, and in a matter of seconds, they're moving on to the president walking into the room. It's uh, that the Mel Brooks style of comedy. You, you want as many laughs as you can per second. <laughs> so they, the president comes into the room, and he's like, "Oh, did you all hear a bird?" They're like, "Yeah, we did." And he says, "That was me." 
so this president, President Martinez, one of his very many skills is his bird calls. And he goes downstairs just to taunt the downstairs people with his bird call. <laughs> Takes the long hike downstairs. Like, I do think that that's important to note as we watch the show, how often the president, the president's number one staff member, and the president's daughter are spending time downstairs. Like, is there not anything going on upstairs? Do they have nothing else to deal with that they can spend time frolicking with the chef and the chef's son? I think at this point, we have to assume that President Martinez does not allow everyone upstairs at once. (laughs) He's allowed up there at all times, Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's a one or two guests at a time kind of deal. Yes, and family, family and close staff is included in that, right? So even, you know, he's, he's up there, he runs into Sophie. He's like, Sophie, this isn't your time to be up here. Uh, you're just sleeping. You can be up here and you get 20 minutes of free time in the Oval Office and that's it. Got to go, go back downstairs. downstairs. With Jeff Victor. <laughs> he's a tight ship. Um. So he's very proud of his bird calls. He then reveals that he is practicing it for the up uh, with reading benefit show, which is going to be aired live on national television. And Samantha Samuels, she's hesitant. Can we, about pin, can we pin something real quick? Yeah, let's pin it. It's uh, it's you? it's weird that this setting isn't made a bigger deal of. That it's in the kitchen. No, or, the oh, reading that, thing. Yes, that they this don't event talk. that is set up and then given no weight Mm -hmm. it's just a a thing that is happening uh is is this reading benefit show it's just the vehicle to us seeing it could have been and very well should have been uh like this the school is doing a talent show and this is you know it it could have been that because that's essentially what this is used as it's just yeah pretty much it's just an excuse to get the main characters playing music in front of a live audience exactly so samantha samuels asks are you sure you want to do these bird calls to the president the president is so confident he tells uh cory or no he tells victor to name it he says cory he tells cory to name a state and Corey names a state, and the victor's uh, the president's like, oh the yes, victor? The, the victor. No, the the president is like, oh yes, this bird. He does an impression. Um, the this common seems, loon. The common loon. It's annoying. Everything he does is annoying. Insufferable. The the whistling. It's the whistle I used to call my dog Lily. Yeah. <laughs> so here we are. He's doing bird calls in the kitchen. Samantha Samuels is like, sir, we got to get a move on. And he says, Victor, come with me. I want to show you my rough grouse. Good joke. (laughs) Well, it has another layer. Victor then says, I'm not a doctor. And then the president says, starts doing the call. And Victor's like, oh, phew. Like it's a bird. Uh, Another bad joke. Uh, Rough grouse? It's... The, the whole setup for this bird calling thing, the payoff at the end is it's not worth it. No. They throw us on this ride and we want to get off from the moment it starts, but we are stuck. We're locked in. The handlebar is down and we just have to keep moving forward and pray that the station is right around the corner, but it just never comes. Uh, uh, they leave. 
Corey's eyes light up, as they often do. He tells Samantha he's in a fresh hot band. They're guaranteed to rock. She, you know, she's she like, uses, let me... Uh, some some interesting terms. <laughs> I, I specifically wrote down Samantha Samuels is a racist and then, quote, rock banger, unquote. <laughs> What do you think? What do you think, Bryce? What do you think about the term rock banger? I don't like it. I don't like that. <laughs> so it's in the so she says punked out rock bangers. Yeah. <laughs> right, I hate this. I hate this. And he he just wants to be on TV. And she's like, people give money to their favorite acts, not a bunch of, and that's when she says to him, punked out rock bangers and i hate that she pronounces it bangers i don't like it um and then sophie comes in sophie wants to be in the show samantha says right i will cancel beyonce right away he had beyonce yeah uh they had beyonce samantha lets her go for sophie sophie's not sure what she's gonna even do she says maybe i'll call her and this gets Corey revved up for what is we see him do in these upcoming scenes we got a Corey scheme coming <laughs> we do have a Corey scheme coming um so scene three Corey is in the other room of the downstairs that we see their living room question mark uh newton and mina come in uh Corey's like i got big news and mina is excited she says shut up She's excited. And Newt, Newt says, yo, let him speak. <laughs> they do this joke twice. twice. <laughs> and then they Corey, couldn't even do a full rule of threes. <laughs> they don't acknowledge it. Him saying, yo, let him speak. And Corey continues to talk. He's like, hey, we, uh, we have a chance to get our band on national TV. And Nina is excited again and says, shut up. And Newt says, come on, Mina. Like, let the guy talk. So dumb. It, this scene, this scene in particular, mm-hmm. the pauses in between everyone's dialogues, mm-hmm. it all just felt one second too slow. I, and I, this scene is so poorly acted that I think that it's something where they were in the editing room editing this episode together and they realized that they forgot to shoot this scene. And so they, they got everyone together after the season had wrapped. And we said, hey, we've we got to do this. Here are the lines. Memorize them. We're going to shoot it only once because that's all that we have the time and money and energy and effort for. And that's what this is. That's the only explanation, Ren, for why this happened. So we get that opening gag. Um, Corey has his scheme. Ren, what do you think of Corey's scheme? Incomprehensible. It it's gibberish. It's mental <laughs> gibberish. It the way he describes it makes a little bit of sense mm-hmm. in theory. Okay, yeah. If Sophie knew that they needed her, she probably wouldn't play into it. Yeah, but uh, well, you'll you'll discuss what happens. You'll you'll read. Yeah. <laughs> so, Corey, the Corey's main thing is uh, they can be on the show so long as they add Sophie to the band. 
And in order to do so, Corey wants to make Sophie think she needs the band, not the band needs Sophie. Because uh, I think his thinking is if he gives Sophie a little bit of wiggle room, she'll take it and run with it. And so he, he doesn't want to do that. He still wants for it to be their band, but wants to use her to get on TV. Incredibly convoluted. Could have ended with uh, they need to add Sophie to the band. Corey says to Sophie, Sophie, would you like to be in our band? Sophie, who clearly has interest in being a, in a band, says, yes, Corey, I would like to. And that's the episode. But instead, Corey tr- overcomplicates it. And, and we get this. And so he then says, he's like, follow along. She's coming. I'll set the trap. And puts a tambourine on a table. <laughs> and then it then it all just plays out like clockwork. She, Corey, the mastermind, doesn't even need mm-hmm. psychic visions. It's like a uh, what is it, a Rube, uh, Goldberg machine, where just everything is set up and everything falls down perfectly into this, like, like, like needlessly com- in a needlessly complicated way. Yeah, exactly. And so the tambourine is set. Sophie comes into the room. She announces that she brought dollies for everyone. Corey does a strange dance about it. He's like, dollies! As he Corey's comes, favorite. Yeah, as he comes over, they all pick up different dollies. He rubs the baby's head. Like, <laughs> he rubs the, the soft spot. It was weird. It, the, it, the way that they all held the dolls in this scene, I wasn't sure if it was intentional. Like, the director said, hey, this could be a funny gag for people who have to sit through this unbearable episode twice. But for people like me, I could do nothing but look at the way that they were holding the dolls in this scene. <laughs> so, which also leads me to believe that there was, um, what I really think was happen- happened was instead of it being intentional, was there was no direction for it. And so they were just on a set doing their thing. So Corey's, like I said, Corey is literally rubbing the doll's head in this scene as he talks to Sophie. Um, he tricks Sophie into picking up the tambourine. When she picks it up, he's like, oh, you're, that's in, you're so good at tambourine. That, like, and we've been looking for someone who, like, or he doesn't say that. He's like, oh, like, you're so good. Like, that's such a natural talent. You should join a band. She's like, oh, you're right. If only there was a band that I knew of. And that's when Corey says, you're in luck. We're in a band. It's so overly complex and like you said absolute gibberish it's there's no way anyone could logically come up with these series of events no and i'm and, baffled that the cory in the house writers somehow did and then mina strangely is the person who seals the deal which is so uncharacteristically her yeah she's, un- she's by the very uncharacteristic this whole episode we last episode we saw her as someone who was sweet like very uh like um what's the word i'm looking for very genuine yeah sincere um, sincere and in this episode she's the one who seals the deal by saying to sophie you know like we do have a band and we're missing a tambourine player and so sophie's like oh i could do it and then Corey's like mm, i don't know let's consult so he goes to consult and they huddle what does Corey say over and over ren while they're huddling I thought it was Newt who was chanting eggs and bacon, or was he chanting mumble? So this is, uh, they do another rules of three joke with this, except instead of rule of three, it's just rule of two. They only do it twice. 
the first time they huddle, Corey says, uh, we got, like, we almost got her. Let's pretend to murmur right now. And Corey says eggs and bacon yeah. really fast over and over. He's like, eggs and bacon, eggs and bacon, eggs and bacon, eggs and bacon. It's just, it's just weird. It's just a weird joke. And mm-hmm. I think South Park did, did something similar. But I, that, that just makes it stranger to me. That just makes it all the odder. It, yeah, it's a very um, weird joke. And then they turn back to Sophie. They say, Sophie, you're in. Like, you made it into the band. They clap. Newt is holding the baby by its leg um, <laughs> as they cheer. And they jump up. And does the scene end with a freeze frame? Of course it does. Number two. Uh, uh, the show keeps going. <laughs> They're at band practice now. The president stops by at Newt's house. On his way to an economic conference. It's very presidential of him. One of the, one of the most presidential things he's alluded to. Mm-hmm. And when he, he comes in, he takes the opportunity to show off his bird call. Samantha's like, we got to go. Like, we don't have time for this. And he says, Newt, pick a state. Newt says, all right, I got it. And he, like, doesn't say the state. And then the president says, oh, this isn't a magic trick. You can say it. Um, I don't feel magic Newt. with him leaving. No. Yeah. <laughs> The the real magic was him leaving. I completely agree. Was that the real magic was the president exiting the scene with Samantha Samuels. Um, I don't blame Newt for when the president says pick a state and Newt says, all right, I got it. I don't necessarily blame Newt for that. I don't blame him either. No. If the president was like, name a state and I'll do the bird, maybe. But when you say pick a state, I don't know. I think that that's more... Yeah, there might be a word game going on here. Yeah. Um, Alright, so they leave. Sophie is here for her first practice with the band. I wrote down for this scene, mm-hmm. Corey's cruelty knows no bounds. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is back to the Corey we saw last week, where he is ruthless. Malicious. Malicious. And he thinks the worst part is he thinks he's clever enough to get away with this. To, it's that no one will say bad plan. So Sophie's like, "All right, where do I stand?" Um, this is where we learn about the zones. So there's like <laughs> the singing zone. That's obviously where Mina stands. The guitar zone for Newt. Oh, and the drum band. Corey loves that one. And Corey shows Sophie straight to the tambourine zone, which is shoved into a corner behind some speakers. Sophie says, this feels like the nobody can see me zone. And Corey pushes her back into the corner. He's it's, so mean. It, he's mean. And he basically gave up on his plan. He came up with this genius gambit mm-hmm. to get Sophie to create the band herself. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to actual rehearsal, he's suddenly uh, he's suddenly brain dead. Because <laughs> what would be so terrible about I don't know maybe putting her in front 
and giving her a tambourine and letting her play it. The tambourine is not a very uh, loud instrument. It's not going to get in the way that much. And you know what? Sophie might actually be able to keep a rhythm, like a very basic rhythm. And there you go. Your problem is solved. But instead, Corey says, nah, you're going to go in this corner. And you know, I'm going to self-destruct. <laughs> some cultures consider the hollowed-out tambourine very beautiful instrument. <laughs> Which is what we see now because uh, Sophie says, all right, if I need to be in this corner, can I at least have my tambourine? Corey says, yeah, I got one specially made for you. Gives her one that has the little uh, symbols taken off. And Sophie says, uh, there's no tambo in my ring. This one, this, this one felt particularly vindictive on Corey's part. It did. <laughs> like, what is... So how does he realistically think this is going to play out? So Sophie's going to go stand in the corner and in his mind, Corey's world, Corey's house, uh, Sophie's going to go stand in the corner behind these speakers, play this tambourine that doesn't have any symbols on it and be fine and not say, hey, why am I standing in the corner? And let's keep in mind that Sophie has already outsmarted Corey a few times up to this point. Mm -hmm. So I don't know why Corey thinks he can get away with this. And he doesn't. There's drama in the band. Sophie's, they start playing and Sophie's like, I'm not having this. I know you're using me. Um, Al, bring out my song. Al is her security guard and I hope we see more of him. (laughs) And that's when we are introduced to my favorite song that exists in the entire world. Kittens on a Cloud. Kittens on a Cloud is an original song by Sophie Martinez, the president's daughter. And um, it's not a, not a particularly exciting song it's, when they first encounter it. It's so boring. It's just so aggressively dull. It is. And, and so we cut to them playing it. And Corey is like half asleep on the drums. Mina and Newt are very unenthusiastic. And Sophie is singing it interestingly enough uh, the words that we hear do not match up with sophie's mouth in the least bit <laughs> so that's an impressive talent that she has taught herself <laughs> and after a few seconds of playing it they need to consult with each other again and huddle up <sighs> i just need to take like a moment ren I mean, we're about to, after this scene, we're going right into the end game. It's exhausting. It's a, it's a sprint right to the finish. Corey, in this huddle, this is where we see Newt. Like you mentioned earlier, Newt now does the eggs and bacon thing. Corey's like, Newt, you idiot. Like, we're actually consulting each other now. There could have um, been a good joke here. There mm-hmm. could have been. Oh, but there kind of is, Ren. Because don't you forget, Mina says... This uh, song is almost uh, is more embarrassing than the Yakarina. <laughs> this is like the eighth fucking time they've done a Bahavia Yak joke reference, and, and each time it's 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 genuinely less funnier, less and, funny than the last. Because we've nailed them before for not having an idea of what Mina's culture actually is, but in this case, at least they're at least they're consistent. Apparently, yaks are very prominent in Bahavia, and. 
as she does the Yakarena, and I did, so there's dance moves that go with it, but it's a hoof, a hoof, kayak, kayak, ya blah, ya blah, yaki, yaki, yaki. Uh, and once again, we return to the barbaric savage <laughs> depiction of other cultures. It's horror, and it's horrible, and so, and she says that embarrasses her, and we get it, she, uh, if we've already confirmed, she does not apparently like the, the yak aspect of her culture. But you're right. Yeah, we're again, let's throw in a joke about how uh, Mina's culture is obviously backwards, um, obviously different. And here we go. So it's just, yeah. So we see that and they tell Sophie, okay, we're out. We're not doing this. And Sophie's like, we don't need, uh, no. So Sophie leaves with Al. Like, come on, Al, let's go. Corey says, we don't need, uh, we don't need them. Uh, and then after they leave, he's like, y'all know we need her, right? I thought he's his own worst enemy. Well, it's a little funny. Not like, not like a humor, not like no. laughing, but yeah, <laughs> not. It's funny in the way, not like in a way that would make me laugh or is funny, <laughs> but it's it's. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> we don't need them. Y'all know we need her, right? Classic. <laughs> Revert, Maybe, have, we, have we considered that Corey is um, like perhaps Corey is like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde situation? Uh, expand? <laughs> <laughs> well, because we like Corey is at war with himself in this episode. Uh, again, expand? <laughs> he sets himself up for success with this elaborate plan to get Sophie into the band. And then one scene later, we see him completely implode and self-destruct the right. overly elaborate plan that he came up with. <laughs> he is his own worst enemy. And I, I think that it continues in a way that he is his own worst enemy because in this next scene uh, we open up with Chef Victor talking with Sophie because it's not Sophie's bedtime and Sophie's <laughs> already used for 20 minutes so Sophie's downstairs in the kitchen with Chef Victor and she, uh, Chef Victor the scene opens with Chef Victor saying what? No tambo in the ring? Would you say this was the best line in the episode? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would run. I definitely would say this was the best scene in the episode, or the best line in the episode. Would I'd also say it's probably the best scene. I mean, you know, when you <laughs> got a bunch of zeros, a one looks like something spectacular. <laughs> so, Victor is disappointed. Can you believe how quickly Victor puts Corey in his place? Can you believe how long it took to get an, an episode where Victor parents Corey? Is actually <laughs> episode four and victor finally has some words of wisdom to give to his own son um words of wisdom indeed so Corey gets a talking to you it's been a long time coming uh victor pretty much calls him out on trying to take advantage of this poor little girl and sophie says as she leaves she says at least one baxter has a heart so take that raven um <laughs> and Victor's like, it's bad enough you tried to trick a little girl. You made a commitment to the president. And that's all it takes. Do you remember... Victor raised Corey different. Victor raised Corey to stick to his commitments. Do you remember Corey making a commitment to the president? 
No, not once. <laughs> Me neither. Uh, there's there. We'll get to we'll get to stuff like that later. I have a whole comment about this episode, okay. referencing things that aren't quite right. Yep. Um. So now, uh, we see Corey and Sophie. So Cor- Corey is pretty much like you're right. Like, I'm gonna like I feel bad about this. Like. Uh, I'll go ahead and do what she wants to do. And then we see Sophie now presenting to the band uh, these new kitty suits, which is a, very elaborate. makes them all look like the cast of Cats. Yeah, very Andrew Lloyd Webber-esque. Yes. And Sophie insists that they wear them uh, in the band. The band finally yes, has Sophie a name. Sophie insists. Let, let's make it very clear. Yes. Sophie insists that they wear them. That they do it. And... It goes with the band's name, Sophie and the Kitty Cats. Yep. Another a very explicit detail. Mm-hmm. Victor tells Sophie. So Victor comes into the scene and he, he tells Sophie, you, you know what? Like, you can't take advantage of Corey, even though Corey took advantage of you. Like, you two can't do this to each other. Uh, Newt says, Chef V, those are some serious nuggets of wisdom. <laughs> so I guess he's Chef V now. I wonder if that's something that'll be consistent, like Newt calling him Chef E. Uh, speaking of consistent, mm-hmm. I think we've stumbled upon what might become our first catchphrase, Daddy, please. Oh, no. I'm fully expecting Corey, when under duress and in moments of stress, when Chef Victor is around, mm-hmm. to comically scream, Daddy, Daddy please. please. I'm calling Chef Victor comes to the Daddy. rescue. <sighs> I hope not. <laughs> I hope that we don't see it, but I, I also would not be surprised if we do get Corey screaming, Daddy, please, to Victor. Um, we have to. We're definitely going to get another situation where Corey's under, under some pressure. So um, after Victor's kind of like talking some sense into Sophie and Corey saying like, you know, there's give and take. And so you got to sometimes give in to the other person. Corey says, we know what we got to do. Apparently, they all, so he said that, stared off into the abyss as he said it, and then they all, without saying a word to each other, went off in their own separate ways because they clearly did not talk after that. Um, and now it's finally time for... The great finale? The great finale. This, this finale did feel like it was an hour. Oh my god, Yes. Because it's just one ongoing scene. Um, We open with Samantha telling the president. So they're uh, behind the stage of the reading benefit show. So they're like backstage. And Samantha Samuels says to the president. um, I just lost. Oh, here it is. Um, Don't do it. To regarding the bird calls like don't go out there don't do the bird calls and she reveals it was her dream to popularize bird calls on a professional level this is just super inappropriate of her (laughs) very much so so she feels like so she's she's pretty much admitting that she's been trying to shut the president down all episode not because um so she does feel that he he's bad at it but yeah. mainly because she wishes that she was the one doing it. 
Um, is it possible, as we're, we've kind of explored different theories into President Martinez and who he is, is it possible in this scenario, in this world, uh, whoever President Martinez, um, so whoever the, the president-elect uh, wins against, that, that loser then has to become their first uh, assistant. Is it possible Samantha Samuels ran for president against President Martinez and because she lost has to be the first assistant to him? And that's why she feels like she is able to say to him that she wishes it was her dream to popularize bird calls and that he should stop. So they were former political rivals, pretty much. Correct. Yep. All right. That's that's a theory I'll throw out there because that's it's so out of place for her to professionally say this to not just her boss but the president of the United States. Um, and once the president learns that this is something that she feels passionate about, um, <laughs> she says, "So she she's like, you want to show like I want to show you how good I am." She's like, uh, "Name a state." The president says, uh, jealousy. So not only is she jealous, like I said, she believes the president's not good at it. Uh, he then says, would you like to go on in my place? Like, genuinely. And then he, he's like, psych. And uh, walks away. So uh, he waves in front of her. So what do you think? Good guy? No. <laughs> not a good look, not a good look for our president. <laughs> He's so like I don't understand why it's so difficult for this show to make one person a good person. He he does come around, but he doesn't come around until after he sees children on stage fight. And then he's like, "Oh, I've learned from them." Well, he waited to see if the kids could work it out. <laughs> yeah, so so speaking of the kids, we see Corey Newton, Mina, all dressed up as cats. They're called onto stage. And what would you think of the president if he introduced his daughter and her kitty cats on live television? <laughs> what would you? What would you think of the if, of the United States if so he did that? What would I think of if if our current president, uh, Donald Trump, said, <laughs> "I now present to you uh, Ivanka and her kitty cats." And Ivanka came on with, uh, I would assume, Don Jr. and <laughs> Betsy all in their elaborate cat costumes as Ivanka sang Kittens on the Cloud to America. That is the equivalent of what this is. Um, I would not think good things about it. <laughs> and in this case, there's no way America sees this as good. Um, uh, he calls them out when they're not ready. He does. So they, they come on stage, Corey, Newton, Mina, come on stage all dressed as cats, and Corey's like, where's Sophie? And Samantha Samuel says, just vamp. She's still getting ready. So there's like two minutes of awkwardness here. I, I hated this scene where they're on camera and they know that they're on camera. What is the organization of this benefit show if they threw half of the band out without the star 
and told them to just vamp. Like, is there really nothing to fill that time? Wrong. Yeah, there is. They all got they all got ready separately. Yes, exactly. The they no again, they left that room and they didn't check in with each other until they were on stage. Um so Koi Newton and Mina like stand there dressed as cats waiting for Sophie. Um they start to play kittens on a cloud and Newt says into the microphone, My name's Fluffy. Yeah, Newt's a furry now. <laughs> yeah, this is the Newt had an awakening. And he is, he, he feels strongly about, you know, my name <laughs> is fluffy about th- these bright colors and being him. So uh, Sophie comes on stage now. She's all dressed up, uh, ready to rock and roll. Yeah, that's right. This is a, uh, a classic case of miscommunication where mm-hmm. nothing was miscommunicated on screen. Classic so, Tom plot. Mm. And they both overly compromised. They both gave in to what the other wanted. But it makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. Because... There's no logical reason. Corey, Corey looked into the abyss in the previous scene and said, we know what we gotta do. And the, like, the, the only possible thing that explains why they're on stage in these different outfits is they vanished for that amount of time. They ceased to exist until they were back on stage. Um, so they're, they see that they're like in different outfits and they're like, oh, we got to figure this out. Samantha's, Samantha Samuels uh, offers the idea of, oh, we can throw it to Oprah. And that's when the president says, no, let's not throw it to Oprah yet. Uh, let's see if they can work it out. And so they huddle to talk. Newt's standing, like, distracted by the microphone, and Corey says, here, Fluffy, 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 as Newt bounds over to join them. I think Newt, Newt's convinced he's a cat at this point. He he's embracing it. Persona. The pressure of live television has <laughs> broken him. <laughs> uh, and they decide to perform Kittens on a Cloud with a rock, like... I don't know, smash, cut to it. Crush it. Crush it. They, they scream as they then play the rest of Kittens on a Cloud. Hurry, Kittens hurry, soft and furry. Kittens on a Cloud. Um, it's, a, it's like a fever dream. It's like watching a fever dream. It was. I didn't believe it was real, but it just kept happening. It and felt like the flu. It, and... So they, they play it regular, like the original slow version, and that's when they say crush it, and they go into this rock and roll version. And then while they're doing this, this is when the president says to Samantha Samuels backstage, like, oh, like the kids showed me how to compromise. Uh, let's do the bird calls together. She's so excited. She's like, oh, really? Yeah, let's do it. Um, we cut back to the stage. They're still playing, and then they're like, one more time. And they do it again. And all the song is, is kittens on a cloud. Kittens on a cloud. (sighs) Grueling. It's not going to be anyone's ringtone anytime soon. (laughs) Um. All right. And then they, so the song finally ends. They're backstage as Samantha and the president are doing their bird calls on stage. 
Corey's like, this is our first step to being rock stars. Like, that felt so good. Do you think that people watching that liked it? I mean, even the Beatles had a rough start, right? Well, yeah, but I don't... He once played for the president just like that with his daughter. (laughs) Is that how the Beatles got their start? Yeah. Yeah, I I think it is, actually, if if I recall. Um, They came to America and played for the U.S. president and then went back over to London and, you know, That's when the Beatle wave took off. (laughs) Beatle mania. The Beatle wave. I hate it. (laughs) Um, No, no one liked this performance. They, even if the band stuck together, which they don't because Sophie says that she wants to focus on her art um, being coloring that even if they stuck together, no one would want to see them live. It was grueling. They should not feel good about what they did on stage. They should feel bad about it. And the only lesson that they should learn is to never trust their instincts. And to never trust Corey. They should, none of them should be friends with Corey. He's a trash human being, but unfortunately we're going to see a lot of them. Um, and then the president leaves the stage and he's like, oh, that, this was bird calling. Samantha Samuels, the, the episode ends with her screaming in the mic at people who she went to high school with. It's uncomfortable. This and, definitely should have gotten her fired in real life. Yes, because <laughs> I, I do feel like it was. I think that this was the actress breaking character. <laughs> breaking mentally. <laughs> The pressure of Corey and that that was a late shoot. It was 3 a.m. <laughs> Kittens on the cloud had just fried all their brains. In uh, the uh, the episode ends. It was so bad, Ren. So bad. The worst one so far. I've, I've actually lowered the score as we've been discussing it. Me too. I'm considering lowering it again. It... The, we spent about five minutes of the episode with people singing and it was never fun to hear them sing. It was usually painful and it wasn't funny. Unlike the past few episodes, there was nothing that was even like meta funny about it. And the past few episodes, you can take a step back and you could like last week, we were able to laugh and say, Oh, somehow Corey ends up on the ceiling with an octopus strapped to him in his underwear. Like, without any context, that's funny. But in this episode, it's somehow Corey ends up on stage in a cat costume singing is not um, not funny. That far of a reach. Especially when in last week's episode, it happened in a matter of minutes and it was completely unexpected. Yeah. And in this episode, it was very much so yeah, expected. Uh, how do we think the president did this week? If we want to talk about the president's approval rating. All right, so he went to an economic conference. He's he doing did. this uh, bird calling shit. I don't know. Uh, weird, uncomfortable. Really, he's kind of kind of mean to Samantha Samuels at mm-hmm. the end. But I, I gotta say, I think the bird calling endearing to Americans, like especially middle oh. America. Mm. Really, I, so, I, I think that they see this and they say that's a president that I, um. You know, he's kind of quirky. He's, he's just a guy kind of like down to earth. 
Yeah. Because they don't see he is, you know, obnoxiously mean to Samantha Samuels, deserved or not. He's still mean. And But they don't see that, the American people. They see he goes to an economic conference and he does this this bird call thing. And it's for charity. Yeah, but the chair. But let's think about the charity event. Let's mm-hmm. think about what was on live television. We uh, see a violin player with children arguing on stage, kittens <laughs> on a cloud, mm-hmm. president's daughter, and her furry freaks. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that's not going to reflect well on him. And then the bird calling mm-hmm. thing, where Samantha Samuels, his former yeah. rival. Just unhinged, starts screaming at people she went to high school with. That that is a great point. I did not consider that people are now looking at. Um, they see that and they think, "How is he treating his staff?" And the answer is, he's not letting any of them upstairs. I'm but, I'm giving him a forty-five. Yeah, I mean, honestly, so I got to be real with you. I was thinking seventy. I had a feeling, I got a feeling you were going to shoot high, but. After us just discussing this and really thinking about how his benefit completely collapsed on him, mm-hmm. and on top of that, how much money do we think it actually raised? I mean, he prevented he he stopped Oprah time. He Oprah did. could have been on stage longer, <laughs> and he said no for the kids. Yes, so uh, I'm gonna go up at the economic conference i'm gonna stick i'm gonna go go to 50 <laughs> all right easy, easy. I'll, I'll round up yeah because we don't we don't know how successful he was at the economic conference either good point so it could have been i, I mean heads or tails could have been really successful for him i mean he has his, his allies with bahavia which we know that there's been tension there before and so he's I would think doing a nice job at the economic conference, but also maybe he was reporting, I don't know. Bad terrible, news. Terrible news. So yeah, I'll, I'll give him a 50%. What'd you give him? 35? I gave him a 45, but I'll round up to 50. Okay. So we'll, we'll stick with the 50% for him. Okay. Uh, we're, I, I like honestly sigh of relief that we are done with the depths of this episode and we can just focus on wrapping up uh um what was the rose for you was there anything good in this pile of garbage what no tambo in the rain <laughs> that's the closest thing to a rose I could it think really of. was i gave it to victor who said that line yeah victor on a whole this was yeah. one of it's a shame that this was one of his better episodes if we see victor real cory in more cory might be less deplorable and uh, a half decent human being i'll believe it when i see it me too um buds any anything that you're looking forward to or that you would want to see more of after this episode uh where will the band go next i hope honestly that we never hear from this band again oh i have full confidence i know the band is gonna be driving the plot from now on i know um your bud if you could muster up one i a few weeks ago i said that i wanted to learn more about newt's family uh we heard newt's mom in the opening yes yelling at newt 
yelling at Newt. So we're one step closer to seeing her. Whether we will or not is anyone's guess. But my bud is that I hope that we see more of Newt's family and never hear from this band again. Uh, What was your thorn? I think we'll be in agreement here. Uh, Mm -hmm. Kittens on a cloud. (laughs) Yeah, I said all of the singing. (laughs) Waste of my time. Waste of everyone's time. Made the episode worse. Made the episode slower. Yep. And I like like we pointed out, no separate B plot, nothing to tear us away from the torture. No. That was this. This setup. Um Okay, and what would you rate the episode? Scale one to ten. When I had finished watching it, I gave it a three point five. Generous. As we discussed it, it slowly dropped to a two and a half. Oh. As we discussed the final scene, mm-hmm. I settled on a two out of ten. I also settled on a two out of ten. Yes. Yeah, so we're, we're completely in agreement again. It was a atrocious episode. I hope that Corey in the house never considers them singing again. I hope that they keep Sophie out of the main plot and out of the band. I hope that Samantha Samuels is kept to one or two lines to move plots and nothing else. And I hope that President Martinez retires bird calling forever. <laughs> I feel like I was punished. I do too. Not what I did. And that the like last week we saw and the week before we've seen these characters actually be people. Mm-hmm. And this week Mina was only there to be like Corey's backup. Corey continued to drive home that he's a bad person and was mean and malicious and shoved a child into a corner. Even Newt's lines weren't really that funny this week. Exactly. Yeah, and Newt's Newt's lines are usually there to just add some brevity to it, but he his lines this week were so um paper so thin. much paper thin. It was very much so like I'm out of it. I think it's because his lines this week were so uninvolved with what was actually happening around him. Yeah. And including at one point, he had said, like, I don't even know what's going on. And then Sophie explained what was going on. He was like, oh, I guess I knew what was going on. So it's it seemed like his humor this week was just relying on, oh, Newt's confused. Like, he doesn't yeah. know what's happening. Um, yeah. This was such a low point, Ren. I hope that the show can pick it up next week. <laughs> I'm nervous. I'm nervous. This was a low. And because to be entirely honest, at in the earlier episodes that we watched, I was thinking to myself, you know, this isn't the worst Disney Channel show. I mean, not the best, but it's not the worst. I don't really see how people didn't cling on to it. But with something like this, even as a kid, I don't find any like I wouldn't have found any enjoyment. It's just boring. I would have changed the channel before it even ended. Yeah, Drake and Josh would have been. Yeah. Much better than, than this. Um, so, Ren, is there anything else you want to say about this episode? I have one piece of, like, housekeeping-ish that I wanted to, to mention. I'm just glad it's over. Me too. After watching it uh, earlier this week, I was, first of all, upset that I would need to watch it again to take notes. And I was even more upset that we would need to dedicate time to discuss it. <laughs> and we did. We made it through. If anyone's still listening, I'm deeply apologetic. But I hope that us talking about it was at least better than us 
uh, than you having to watch it. We so, can. I, I bet in like 2030, someone's gonna be listening to this on iTunes or mm-hmm. whatever, like a uh, bootleg uh, <laughs> audio website. You need to pirate mm-hmm. old podcasts on. Mm-hmm. As they're watching through Corey in the house. I have I nothing so. to add to that. I just want to acknowledge that person who might exist. Who, in- who might and be listening to this in 2030 as they watch through it. <laughs> uh, um, so the, the thing I wanted to, to talk about. So uh, Facebook, we have our Facebook page. 11 likes. So pretty big. Not and, bad. Uh, yeah, big community. Lots we didn't of, quite hit a dozen, though. Lots of activity. What'd you say? We didn't quite hit a dozen. No. No, maybe maybe this week will be our week when we get that one more like. Well, I can only hope. Um, and so Facebook gave me, uh, they sent me an email and they said, we're going to give you $10 to, uh, to advertise your page. And I said, I don't know how much that can get me, but let's see. And so 10, 10 bucks can get me if I boost one of our posts for like five days or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And it'll expose it supposedly to 300 people. So who knows if it'll be exposed to 300 people. And so I went through the process and I made it and I submitted, submitted it. Um, it needed to be approved. I heard back that it was not approved. No, why? And I've been wondering all week. So I heard back late last week that it wasn't approved and it, I've been busy all week. So I haven't had a time to check. I did check to see why it wasn't approved. The reason why, uh, so I can't use, and I knew this, so I didn't, but I, I can't use pictures of Corey or like likeness of Corey in the house um, in it because obviously it's we don't own Corey in the house so I can't use Kyle Massey's face to advertise our podcast um and if I'm, I'm paying to boost it but um or if I'm using the Facebook money to boost it but um Facebook flagged it because they were afraid that it might be a political ad because I we have the picture of the White House as the backdrop to, to the podcast cover so they, they said, oh, this might be too political. We're not sure. You need to verify which political party you're representing here and what statement you're trying to make. Um, I'm happy to say I did not do any of that and resubmitted it and it got approved this time. <laughs> <laughs> so who knows? Our podcast might be exposed. It's supposed to garner us, uh, Facebook said on average, it'll garner us about uh, four to seven new likes. So not bad, Facebook. Not Not bad bad at all. Yeah, it just takes four to seven people to build up an army of (laughs) listeners. But yeah, so I I just felt it was important for me to share that little uh, anecdote dealing with it. But yeah. Ren, do you have anything else that you want to add before we close this chapter and uh, move on to bluer past what is it greener pastures and bluer skies bluer pastures bluer pastures ahead for next week Corey got in store for us bryce yeah i'm I'm pulling it up right now uh so next week we are looking at um oh also good to note um this episode was the first one directed by someone different than the first three but next week we're back to our longtime director rich corell oh pretty timely uh if we'd been one week earlier it would have been great the episode next week season one episode five is called rock the vote interesting all right so unfortunately it sounds like we are going back to the rock band aspect of these characters um 
Sorry, I just saw a little tidbit of the description. I gotta look away now. There's something about a bear fight in the cage. Don't yourself, Bryce. Come on. All right, I looked away. That's all I saw. Those words, bear fight in cage. So that's the little teaser that we will leave. Poor leave folks Corey. With. I, if we're lucky. Yeah, if we're lucky, Corey is, is the one who's fighting the bear in the cage. But, all right. Well, uh, anything else, friend? You think we're good? I think, I think I'm ready to turn in, bro. Yeah, me too. This was exhausting. Uh, so thank you all uh, if you made it this far for listening to Bryce and Ren and Corey in the house and I hope that you have a much better rest of your day and uh, we'll check us out next week take care bye see ya Bryce and Ren do you mind some electric guitar